listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? afternoon or morning or evening <laughs> wherever you're you are at this point in time when you're listening to us whether it be right now live in the studio or on the podcast uh, via the gentlemen of pop culture uh, website or itunes or wherever you get your podcast uh, content from uh, it is cecilia and lewis uh, joining you and we're uh, gonna we've got a few things to talk about tonight which is fantastic um hi lewis i should probably let you say hello <laughs> hello it's, oh we're on, the, we're on the cusp of a uh, of a, a long weekend uh, so we it's, it's very exciting and uh um, it's uh, more exciting is that the uh, the Golden Globes are going to be on uh, on Monday, and I've never actually watched the Golden Globes. Like I've had the best intentions to watch it, but the fact is, it's on during the day in Australia, so it's like, mm. well, you know, you already kind of know who won, so you yeah, know, what's the what's the point of uh, of watching that then? Uh, but uh, our friend Gav has uh, organised for us to go down to uh, a pub, and they're at ten o'clock in the morning. Such an Aussie way of <laughs> celebrating the Golden Globes, hitting the pubs. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it that way. Get, get into the pub and uh, have a few <laughs> drinks and uh, and and watch uh, watch who wins in a very unusual year of uh, mm. of movies and TV shows. Yeah, it's interesting though because I've just had a brief look. Um, I have to admit this is the first time I'm actually looking at the list myself. But you know, there's some pretty good content on there. So you know, that's fantastic. I mean, you've got in. Uh, I should probably get to the top of my list. Uh, best <laughs> motion picture. You've got a film called The Father, which hasn't actually arrived here in Australia. I think that's out in a couple of weeks, but uh, it looks really good. It stars Anthony Hopkins yeah. as, as a man who I, I believe gets dementia or Alzheimer's mm. or or I think that's what they it looks or appears as, but whether or not he actually does, I'm not sure. And it's also got the uh, wonderful Olivia uh, Coleman in it too, mm. which is it looks great. It's a really interesting trailer. Actually, I, I, I might get the trailer and throw it up on our Facebook page because I saw it the other day. I was like, wow, that looks like a really intriguing kind mm. of film. And it's a film that a lot of people I think can relate to as well because, I mean, my my parents, my dad's coming up to 80, uh, my mum's, you know, 75. So, you know, if you've got parents who are, you know, older, you, you certainly do relate to to mm. um, that, that kind of thing where you, you kind of try to look after your parents a bit more. And uh, But fortunately, my parents are still of, of sound mind and body, which is good. <laughs> that is good but yeah you're absolutely right I think everyone can kind of you know relate to this a little bit but mm. yeah it looks really great and and there's a film called Mank which is a Netflix film and this one this one's an interesting one because it's a David Lynch film uh, David Fincher my apologies I always get those two confused David Lyncher and David Fincher yeah, David yeah. Lyncher yeah. David Lynch David Fincher <laughs> uh, and I believe he's been I think he's going to make a series of four films for Netflix I don't know if this is number one or if this is a number in the particular I love his stuff, though. I think it's great. And I know there's a film called The Killer, which is going to be released soon. I think Michael Fassbender is in talks to play uh, an assassin in that film who develops a bit of a conscience. So uh, Mank is up. I haven't seen this film, but knowing that it is a David Fincher film, I will definitely check it out for sure. Uh, You've got uh, Nomadland, which I spoke about uh, weeks ago prior to an advanced screening of the film, but it's actually officially out... uh, I believe, early March. We might revisit that at some point, but that's got Frances McDormand in it. Uh, And then Promising Young Woman, which is the Carrie Mulligan film. It's a bit kind of post-Me Too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you've got The Trial of Chicago 7, which is a Netflix film which I've been meaning to watch and I think I started and I just... uh, yeah, I think it's a court-related film. The the Chicago Seven, they were the guys who got accused of a crime they didn't do, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, this, yeah I think. Well, I think there's seven of them according to the title <laughs> there. But uh, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. But it looks really good. Looks really, yeah. really good. So, um, and then when the, you go to the directors, uh, you've got uh, Regina King who did One Night in Miami, uh, David Fincher for Mank, uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, uh, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, and Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago Seven. So, 
Um, uh, that's uh, that's it. Uh, foreign films. I'll skip over that. Uh, musical and comedy in motion picture is an interesting one because music, um, which is that Sia movie, which you saw, didn't you? I didn't see. I oh, didn't see it. That oh. one, but there is a film on here called The Prom, which I did see, right. and I don't. Re- in my opinion, it shouldn't be on this list. Right. <laughs> but no, music's an interesting one. Did you end up seeing this one? Or? I didn't. See, I didn't see. Well, I was sure one of us saw it, but I, I must be mistaken. Um, but music is a Sia one where. It's about a girl who is has um, autism, mm. but they didn't cast a, a girl with autism in it. That's it was right. I think it says like the girl she uses in her dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, that Maddie Ziegler. It is yeah. Maddie Ziegler. Yeah, I think is how you pronounce it. And like uh, I, I believe like the the. the way she's interpreting uh, an autistic person mm-hmm. uh, does come across as a little bit offensive. So oh. uh, a lot of people are, are questioning the uh, inclusion of that particular movie uh, in the, uh, the best musical or comedy uh, motion pictures, I've, which I always find weird that they've got a category, musical or comedy. Yeah, like, I mean, see, you could you can split the two because there's plenty of good comedies out there and plenty of good musicals that don't necessarily fit into both of those categories. Yeah, so. but just, just a weird thing. It's kind of like a musical is a musical and some of them are funny mm. and then you've got comedy and some of them have music in it. But like a musical or comedy, it's just, yeah, it seems like a, a really stupid um, award. So uh, Golden Glows, if you're listening, uh, best musical and best comedy. If one musical comes out that year, it wins. It's that simple. <laughs> Um, uh, actress in a or oh, act, actor in a musical comedy, <laughs> actor in a musical or comedy. Oh. So they're doing it again. Doing yeah, it again. I don't like this um, at all. Anya Taylor Joy, uh, who was in Queen's Gambit, and oh. she was also in um, uh, New Mutants as well. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, Maria Baklova uh, for Borat subsequent movie film. See, this is this is what I mean. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why it's a weird year. Like. In any other year, would Borat, a subsequent movie film, get nominated for any awards? No. No, yeah, no. no. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit. Um, Kate Hudson for music, again, mm. questionable. Uh, and Ros- uh, Rosamund Pike for I Care A Lot. I Care A Lot. I don't know anything about that film. No? Hmm. Uh, do you want to know the best actors in a musical or comedy? Sure, sure. Oh, gosh, I've just had a bit of a look and I'm quite disappointed in this list. I think that, uh, yeah, interesting. So uh, Nicholas Holt for The Great, which he was, he was quite good in The Great. Yeah, he wasn't too bad, yeah. was he? No, no. Um, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso yet? No, but you recommended this, mm. didn't you? And yeah. I've been meaning to to jump onto this one for sure. No, definitely recommend uh, Ted Lasso to anyone who hasn't seen it, anyone looking for a bit of inspiration. Uh, if you're feeling a bit down, watch Ted Lasso. That's all, all I'm saying. Uh, Don Cheadle, Black Monday. Uh, Eugene Levy, uh, Shits, uh, Shits Creek. Do you think he's most likely to win this one? I think so, given the context of, of everything. And I think the... Uh, Shits Creek's received such a lot of attention and I think because it wrapped up as well this mm. year, I think that it's such a fan favourite. I feel like a lot of people are going to, yeah, I, I personally think so. I think I was looking at the wrong list when I said it was a disappointing list because that's actually not too bad. I was looking at the best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy uh, when I said that previous statement. But, um, okay. yeah, but no, I think I do think that, yeah, Dan Levy might, mm. might get that one just, yeah. I think it's such a fan favourite and people love it, don't they? Yeah, and also Rami Youssef uh, for Rami as well. I just I mentioned that because, uh, yeah, actor... So wait a minute. It's got actor in a musical or comedy and then actor in a musical or comedy. That doesn't make any sense. I know. I'm looking at the list, so I'm a little bit confused. So I think you, you, a... you were looking at the one that said James Corden, Sasha Baron Cohen, Dev Patel. Yes, that's the one Miranda, I was looking at. Andy yep. Samberg. Yeah, I wonder if the other one isn't... I don't know. That's That's weird. Weird there's two lists of, of uh, actors in a uh, musical or comedy. Like, oh, that's like 10 people that's been nominated. Maybe they did nominate 10 guys. Maybe. But it's weird that they've only nominated five women, though. Mm. Mm, very strange. But uh, uh, dra- the um, actors in a drama motion picture, you've got uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal, uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Gary Oldman for Mank and uh, Tahir Rajim for the uh, 
Mauritan? I can't pronounce that. The Mauritanian. I yeah. I think we both tried our best there, but yeah. I'm not sure what happened. And failed. <laughs> uh, actress in a drama TV series is Olivia Coleman, who is in all the award shows and must be there. Yeah. Um, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, uh, Emma Corrin for The Crown, Laura Linney for Ozarks, and Sarah Paulson for Ratchet. Oh, excellent. I think that, uh, yeah, Olivia Coleman. it's nice to see her name there. She's yeah. such a... Phenomenal actress, actor, sorry. Yeah. And also all good good choices there. And then Olivia Coleman uh, actually turns up again in supporting actresses uh, for her role in The Father. Uh, and Amanda Siegfried's in there for Mank, uh, Helena Zengla, Zengel for News of the World, uh, Glenn Close for Hillary, uh, Hillbilly Elgy. Eulogy? Hillary Eulogy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of a tongue twister, that one. Yeah, and Jodie Foster for the other one I couldn't pronounce. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but there, yeah, there's, oh, there's so much. No wonder we're going to be there for hours. Yeah, it, it is quite in-depth, but oh. it's um, such a diverse mix, mix in there. You've got, um, have we done the best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture? Mm. I love how they go to any motion picture. <sighs> Because you've got uh, Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of uh, the Chicago 7. You've got Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a film that gets released in a couple of weeks uh, based on the uh, Chicago branch of the Black Panthers. Right. Mm. Uh, got Jared Leto in the film for The Little Things, which I wasn't overly keen on. Uh, Bill Murray for On the Rocks, which he plays the uh, father, uh, a bit of an interesting mm-hmm. father figure. And then you've got Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. I was going to say Miami, but that's not correct. Miami. So, yeah, the the list goes on and on and on. So we will be there for an uh, incredibly long time. But we're thinking about perhaps uh, making it a bit of a game, a guessing game. Yeah, and, yeah, just maybe maybe putting out a few of the uh, the categories and then, you know, marking off who we think we're going to win because you've got to make these things fun. You do. You have to make them fun because they can be a little bit of a, uh, a drag, particularly when it's a category you're not very interested mm, in or mm. it's just repetitive and you've always got the presenters who come on and try and make things more interesting, but it's like, well, we'll just get to the point. Yeah. But the nice thing about this is it's kind of like the Melbourne Cup, um, <laughs> except that none of the actors will get put down at the end of it. So <laughs> that's kind of good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a very good joke. Um yeah, well, that's true. A good mix. I love the I love the mix here. It's really fantastic. So, no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, this week, uh, I've only seen I think I've only seen one movie. I think I think yeah, so. Yeah, you've seen. I will see. I've seen a film uh, called. Uh, I've just completely forgotten. It wasn't that memorable, obviously, called Boss Level. And you've seen a film called uh, Breach, which Breach. is a Bruce Willis film. Yeah. Starring yeah. Bruce. It is. What's the weird? It's the weirdest thing though, because like if you're, you know, seeing a film and Bruce Willis is in it, mm. Bruce Willis is the the lead. Yeah, always. Yeah, always. He's, he's he's the man. He's the guy the film is about. Yeah. Um, and usually it's not a crappy film either. Um, it's usually you know quite a high budget, uh, and and he's usually surrounded by you know people that are, are quite good actors around him. and. Actually, that, that being said, I'm not saying that the actors in this film weren't good. I'm, I'm sure that they, I, they're all good. <laughs> I, I believed them all. But the actual movie was just, you know, it was so cliched. Mm. Um, and it was kind of, okay, so uh, the humanity has destroyed the earth. Right. Okay? Yep, yep, I can see that. Okay, so humanity has destroyed the earth and... Uh, like people who can um, have been leaving the Earth uh, to go to Earth 2 because we've ruined this planet so we better go and find another planet that we can ruin just as equally. <laughs> um, and so a lot of people have already left the Earth and are living on Earth 2 and the last people are leaving the planet Earth to go to Earth 2. Um and the so on the on board you've got all these people who are going to go into uh, the like the hibernation thing the uh, um, suspended animation uh, to go for the six month voyage from Earth to Earth two, um, and the uh, crew the ship's going to be crewed by just like a handful of engineers, army guys and janitors just to keep things ticking over for that six months while they travel from Earth to Earth two. Um, so to to throw a spanner into the works, the 
Admiral's daughter. So the Admiral's played by Thomas Jane. Ah. Now, I love Thomas Jane. Uh, and But he is kind of a B-grade actor, to be fair. He is, but he's a brilliant B-grade actor. He's a brilliant B-grade actor. And in this, uh, he plays the Admiral, so he's the guy that's like, you know, the captain of the ship. Yep. And he's going to be one of the people that's going to be in suspended animation. Uh, his daughter gets on the ship and his daughter is pregnant oh. and she brings a, a guy with him with her onto the ship as well uh, but doesn't reveal that the, to her father the guy is the father of the child or anything like that. Um, but the guy, he becomes a, a janitor on the on the ship and while she goes to suspend animation. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was just a, a, a six-month trip from Earth to Earth 2 and nothing goes wrong, then it would be a pretty boring film. <laughs> but, of course, you've got to throw a spanner in the works and there's somebody trying to sabotage the mission by introducing this alien parasite uh, that will uh, kill people and then reanimate their bodies uh, into zombies uh, and then they go on to kill more people. Uh, because there's some people on Earth who believe that uh, we screwed up this planet and we shouldn't really be going anywhere else to screw up somebody else's planet. Um, but yeah, so the weird thing is Bruce Willis doesn't come into the film for a good like maybe 20, 25 minutes. Right. And even still he's not like the main character. He's kind of part of the ensemble, which is weird because I, I would have thought from what I know about the guy, he's kind of like I'm number one, I'm the big movie star, let me let me do this. But in this he's more of the ensemble and taking a, a back seat to, to other people. Um, but, yeah, it is a very schlocky film. It kind of reminded me a little bit. I played this game called Dead Space, mm. which was the same concept, zombies in space. Yeah. And this film had a very kind of similar feel to it. So I, it feels like it was very heavily influenced by Dead Space. Um, and uh, it, it was also influenced a lot by aliens <laughs> as well and aliens because uh, you can't get away from that when you've got, like, Alien on a spaceship, you're going to get compared to that that movie as well. Uh, but there's some real bad, like, I don't know if that was practical or a CG monster at the end of the film. And, yeah, so it was just, it's very, very, if you like B-grade schlocky films, then Breach is probably going to be right up your alley. But it was just like, I was just baffled by the whole thing. Mm. So why, 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 why is Bruce doing this? Does why, he, Bruce? Does he have like boat payments or something? <laughs> is, is that what's going on? He probably did, does. Did he owe someone a favour? Um, so, yeah, it's not a great film. It's, uh, it's yeah, quite um, uh, bad, really. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just like, wow, that was... Uh, I, I don't know why, why that, that exists. But I, there are people... Like my mate Nick Prisgrove, he loves terrible films. Mm. So if I'm going to recommend this film to anyone, it's, I recommend this. If you like terrible films, watch this film because uh, you will probably like the, the badness of it. Um, but weirdly enough, though, I just had a, a quick squiz at the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes and uh, it's admittedly it hasn't been reviewed or seen all that much, mm. but it's got a, a 21% from the critics but a uh, 72% audience score from the 250 people who saw it. So <laughs> they're probably uh, 250 people who like bad films. <laughs> it's not bad. And I guess just to give listeners a bit of it, we'll paint a picture of the film. I'm looking at the the cover uh, and it's got Bruce Willis kind of centre and forefront and then on either side I can see Thomas Jane and uh, another gentleman with a gun on either side. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of look like... Yeah, Bruce Willis would be the the lead man for this film based yeah, on that. Because he, yeah, he's front and centre. But mm. the guy actually uh, behind his left shoulder is the – oh, would be right, his right shoulder, sorry. The guy behind his right shoulder is the main guy in the film. There you go. And, and the tagline is, deep in space, they are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's just – it's all – all terrible. I would love to know who comes up with uh, taglines for films because uh, it's quite hilarious sometimes. But uh, it's always hard to do a bit of a tagline, isn't it? It all comes down to the marketing department, I think, at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, they are, yeah, well, they're important. I didn't give it a score. Um, <laughs> I am going to give this um, two penis-shaped slugs. Oh, interesting. Mm. 
very interesting. I'm, I'm, I've pictured that and I'm not sure if it's <laughs> if it's what I should be picturing. <laughs> um, very interesting. Um, there, there's another film called Assassins. It's a documentary and I want to just briefly mention it because it was part of the Perth Film Festival, uh, which has actually sadly come to a bit of a close uh, now. Or I think it's still got a month left. I do apologise until uh, the 28th of March. But this particular film has finished but I think it's going to get a release on Netflix or other streaming services. But I want to ask, Lewis, do you know anything about Kim Jong-un's half-brother? Kim Jong-un's half-brother? Yep. Um, no, is he the guy that got killed? He is. So yeah. you obviously know a little bit about this or had heard that he had been uh, assassinated mm-hmm. back in 2017. Uh, he is indeed the half-brother. His name is, and this is how bad it is, I actually can't recall his name at the top of my head because I haven't got the information up. Uh, it is... <clears throat> Jeez. Every, every bit of information relating to this film leads with the half-brother <laughs> of King... Like, clearly he's the more important figure, but uh, let's get this information up and see if I can find the right name for our listeners. Let's see. Keeps coming up with King... Ah, Kim Jung-nam is the half-brother. So very similar names, but every time I try and find his name, it, it kind of leads with it with the more prevalent brother. But, mm. yeah, he was technically, I think, supposed to be the first in line. To take over. Yeah. Yeah, but interestingly it wasn't and I don't think he wanted anything to do with this. But back in 2017 he was... His his siblings, just so you you get an idea of, uh, you know, uh, there's Kim Yo Jong, uh, Kim Jong Nam, Kim Jong Kul and Kim uh, Kim Sol Song. Kim Sol Song. So wow. I reckon Kim Yo Jong should be the should have been the guy. Like, yeah, the place. so it must have been him that was supposed to, but I don't think the the current leader was first in line by by any means. Mm. So it's interesting that he is. But yeah, so you got King. Uh, I'm just going to call it Kim <laughs> Jung Nam was the the half brother, and he was assassinated in this quite. Uh, brazen attack in in a Malaysian airport in mm. 2017 in which uh, on the security footage, and I don't know if you've seen the security footage, but there's a, a woman who comes up behind him and basically covers his face mm. with her hands and then lets go. She walks off and then he later dies. And it's said to have been a chemical uh, that was used, a nuclear chemical that was rubbed into his face. And the story behind it's quite interesting because these two women, so there was another woman involved as mm. well, you learn a little bit about how they got to that point, why they carried out this attack. Mm. And it's not that they were necessarily ordered to do it. It could have been that they didn't know they were doing it. And the reason is, is because I don't know if you've seen a lot of videos, uh, particularly from China, Korea and Japan, mm. where pranks are a huge part of their comedy. Right. And YouTube, it's such a popular platform, but a lot of young people will play these practical jokes on people where they go up to people and, you know, grab their hands mm. or cover their faces with baby oil and just carry out really weird things for hits and, and right. popularity. So that's the premise. So these two women actually thought or, or allegedly thought that they were being recruited for prank shows uh, to and, and they were paid small amounts of money but unfortunately one come from Vietnam and one from Indonesia and they were quite poor. Mm. So they carried out these thinking they were going to become famous uh, on these, these prank shows. So... Over a you know a period of time, they were they were trained to to carry out what they thought were pranks, and then yeah, that's how it kind of came about. So they were then ordered to carry out this prank mm-hmm. uh, in quotes. I should yeah to, to this particular man. So yeah, well this is real. That's, that's yeah. actually what happened. That's what happened. Because, so because they, that lady had uh, radioactive stuff mm. on her hands and then rubbed it onto his face. Did she die too? Well, that's the interesting thing. The women were seen running off to bathrooms mm. to wash their hands quickly. And I think that's where the court's arguing that they clearly knew then because why would someone rush off to the bathroom to, to rub this off? Mm. And they claimed that it was burning them and, and they just wanted to get it off because it was dirty. Mm. So, yeah, it's an interesting one because would these two women then put that on their hands knowing it was you know, potentially that dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is Are they 
innocent, guilty. I don't know. And that's what this, this documentary explores. So Because although they were successful, it's a very stupid way to kill someone. Mm. Oh, absolutely, mm. because you could have been harmed, you know, too. Mm. But that's the thing. I, I wonder if they knew what they were doing. Maybe yeah. they didn't and that's why they carried it out. So very interesting. But it's such a weird thing that he, he killed his brother that had no desire to be involved with the country at all. Mm. So it's kind of like this guy is like, you know, separated himself from the country. So let him go. Let him do his own thing. And that's the other thing. We don't actually know who carried out the order, Mm. whether it was his brother or whether it was somebody else. So that's the other fascinating part. But I don't know. Such a conspiracy. Mm. Mm. So did did he, you know, did Kim Jong-un feel threatened? Yeah. And did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But was he behind it? I don't know. But uh, interesting. So I do hope this gets a bit of a release for people to have a look at because I knew nothing about it and uh, was quite interested in the uh, unraveling of the story, mm. if you like, about these poor women. Well, I clearly side with them uh, because I feel sorry for them. I, I felt like they were just pawns in this yeah. bigger picture and, and were, yeah, but I mean, I might be wrong. Who knows? You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. That was the voice of Rachel, who I realised we forgot to mention wasn't in the studio. <laughs> but I'm sure listeners know by now they haven't heard her uh, soothing voice. Yeah, she's, uh, not, she's not here. She's at home. She's got a headache. We hope you get better soon, Rach. <laughs> I feel bad for not mentioning. Sorry, Rach. Um, I think we just got too excited about the Golden Globes and, yeah. and then we just started, didn't we? I, um, I've just posted the uh, the father trailer to the Unscripted, uh, the film show Facebook page. Excellent. So, if yeah, just check it out. It's like it looks like a really intriguing film. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Uh, there's another film called French Exit, which I'm really looking forward to, to seeing as well, which is due out this month or next month as well. But uh, like you, Lewis, I got to see an action film this week and it stars Mel Gibson... Uh, so naturally you'd think he'd be front and centre as well, but mm-hmm. it was actually Frank Grillo who, who was the lead for this particular that film. That is so weird. Is it? Because in Breach there's this guy, uh, one of the guys in Breach uh, is also from Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh. And in Captain America the Winter Soldier there were two uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who turned bad, Hydra agents, and one of them's Frank Grillo and the other one's this guy in Breach. No and way. they look very, very similar. And so I kept on going all the way through that film, oh, there's Frank Grillo. No, 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 it's the other guy. <laughs> How's that for yeah. uh, irony? That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Frank Grillo, he stars as Rory. He's a... Former Special Forces agent who finds himself trapped in a time loop and must outrun a line of uh, assassin-like characters or assassin-like video uh, video game characters. So that's interesting. We've had a few films recently which focus on on time loops. Wait a second. Is he in a video game? He's not. He's just in a time loop. But I thought this film was about a guy trapped in a video game. And it kind of feels like that, but not necessarily. But each time he's killed, the time loop resets. And to stop this uh, this time loop, he must uncover the truth about a secret government project that could be behind the mystery. So you've got uh, Naomi Watts, who, who plays Roy's love interest. And then you've got Mel Gibson, who uh, plays Colonel Venter, the powerful head of the government program. So, yeah, look, I thought this was a film about a guy trapped in a video video game. It's more about a guy in real life who is attempting to outrun assassin-like video game-like characters. But I almost feel like that they could have been a little bit more video game-like. So I felt like the characters weren't overly characterised that way. So look, I think I'm probably not the audience for this particular film. I did appreciate the -the over-the-top action and some of the occasional one-liners that uh, Frank Grillo comes out with. But, uh, yeah, it didn't really have the aesthetic of a video game uh, Mm. that I would have pictured, particularly for a film called Boss Level. Uh, So, yeah, I think it could have been a little bit more uh, aesthetically uh, fun in that sense. So... Interesting you're talking about a, a film that is uh, a, like should be a game film but it's not a game film. 
in the same time frame where the, the Mortal Kombat trailer came out. Ah, yes, of course. Interesting. Because this one had a little bit... I, there was a bit of a love letter to arcade games mm-hmm. in this film, particularly Street Fighter. So I think, yeah, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, yeah, because I guess Mortal Kombat was kind of the more uh, vicious uh, yeah. uh, version of that uh, side-scrolling... Uh, not side-scrolling, it's just a fighter game, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it was in, in, interesting. So what... Uh, how many... Uh, what, what's called do you give it? Oh, look, it, it's directed by Joe Carahan, who directed the film The Grey and Smoke and Aces. I did expect a little bit better from him, unfortunately. So I'm going to score this a two, uh, two Japanese swords. 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 <laughs> I tried to emphasize the swords. Swords. Japanese swords. Japanese swords. Two nice. Japanese swords. Yeah. Did you see the, tra- the trailer for um, Mortal Kombat? I did yeah. because I was actually quite interested. Is this a remake of another film or is this just, uh, again, a bit of a love letter to arcade games? No, it's this is a... It's a, it's a film based on the Mortal Kombat video game, mm. but there has been a couple of other Mortal Kombat films made in the past. Sure. I think, yeah, I think there was the, the original one uh, had Christopher Lambert in there uh, playing one of the characters. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was another Mortal Kombat that was made not too long ago within the, the last you know, 20 years or so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this uh, new one looks quite uh, quite interesting. But it's, it's, it's such a easy concept, you know, a mm. bunch of people from all over the world get brought to an, an island and have to fight each other to the death to win some sort of trophy. But there, there's some really just amazing visuals in this one. There's, um, and this is disgusting, uh, but <laughs> I, you've got to mention it, that um, Sub-Zero, who's the, the ice-powered guy, is like kills someone but then when the uh, when the blood spurts out he freezes the blood into a blood dagger Ooh. and then stabs the guy again Nasty. which is a, it's a pretty pretty full on kind of a, a visual so i mean i can't can't say you've ever seen that before <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, uh, kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I think um, I take a bit of uh, guilty pleasure from, from those kind of films. So, um, yeah, yeah, that should be good. But um, before we came on air, we were, we were talking about uh, it's not so much a trailer, um, but it was a like a, a vignette for mm. the new Spider-Man film. Yeah, um, which is not actually due to release until Boxing Day, so it seems like a really long way away. Is that really coming out this year? Well, that's what it says, yeah. Wow, so okay. is that sooner than you thought? or? Yeah, well, I, I think everything's sooner than I think now. True. So, well, I, that's true. Yeah, because we're still waiting for <laughs> last year's movies to come out. So That is true. Yeah, we're going to uh, get an influx of films. Yeah, but the, uh, the all of the, the recent uh, Spider-Man films, the Marvel Spider-Man films, have been at home in the title. So mm. the first one was Homecoming, the second one was Far From Home. And so they did a really cute thing because um, Tom Holland is known for, like, giving away stuff, um, like, you know, spoilers and and that sort of thing when he's doing interviews. So they thought they'd make fun of it and pretend that um, him, uh, that Tom Holland, Zendaya and Jacob uh, Batalon, who um, plays his, uh, his best friend in the film, um, that that they would uh, you know announce the name, and so each of them had announced different names for the new Spider-Man film, and those names were Phone Home, <laughs> Home Wrecker, and Home Slice. Oh. Uh, and and all all of which were, were obviously not the actual name of what the the, the film was going to be, but um, they uh, did a little uh, video today of uh, him coming out of the director's office and saying no 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 they are all all fake names I don't know why they did that and uh, and walking off and uh, as a dazzle because you give everything away mm. and they walk past a whiteboard uh, which has got the title Spider Man No Way Home. Ah, and which kind of makes sense because, uh, and this isn't a spoiler because if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home by now, something wrong with you. Uh, but at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, J. Jonah Jameson mm. turns up and that is the same J. Jonah Jameson from the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, just this time he was bald. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He turns up and he says, like, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So hence... Now that his secret is out there, there's no way home. Ah, of course. So it, it makes sense. Like I think people were debating what the name was going to be. Uh, a lot of people were, you know, thinking stay at home. Uh, yeah. What with the whole lockdown kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's a good, you know, homecoming. 
far from home, no way home. It kind of like works out quite well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh no, I'm looking forward to it. I need to. I need to go back and just re well watch them all. I've started watching bits and pieces, and I just always get distracted. But uh, I need to. I need to get up to date because you and Rachel are across all this, and and I let the team down by not uh, not being there. Well, we got. <laughs> I think uh, one one thing we're going to do is uh, once uh, one division has completed. Uh, I think we're going to have to uh, all sit down and do a deep dive into the series. Right, so I should start watching it then. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic, you, you I will. need to watch it. Uh, and if you're, <laughs> if like um, Cecilia, you're not uh, au fait with the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you don't know uh, Wonder and Vision uh, that well, uh, Wonder and Vision that well, <laughs> then you can go to uh, Disney Plus and they've got these um, uh, shorts where it's basically an overview of where they each come from. Oh. Uh, and so you get a that backstory of the characters before you dive into Wonder Vision because, believe me, you need to know a bit about what's going on in that, that TV show. Uh, but, yeah, two more episodes left to go of uh, Wonder Vision. Uh, it's been absolutely sensational. The last episode was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, best thing on the streaming TVs these days. Can you come to this new and fresh, uh, someone like me who doesn't know a lot about this universe, can you still get something out of this uh, having just come in? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, here's here's basically what you need to know okay. at the start of, of WandaVision, right? I'll get my pen out. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Wanda is uh, the, the Scarlet Witch and her powers are like magic-based and she was uh, – last time we saw her at the end of Endgame, she was distraught because uh, Vision had died and in the most terrible way because she had to kill him to, to stop uh, Thanos from getting the, uh, the, the, the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, then basically Thanos just reversed time, brought Vision back to life and then killed him by ripping the stone out of his head. Right. So the last time we saw Vision, he was – basically grey and dead. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Wanda came back uh, when uh, the Hulk snapped and everyone came back to, back to life and then uh, she realised, like, you know, Vision is gone. So her whole world was devastated because he was gone. And then the next time we see her, her and Vision turn up in this 1950s environment, married, and mm-hmm. then that's where you start WandaVision. Excellent. Yeah. I like that. So there's a lot of... Uh did you say the 50s? Uh, yeah, it starts off like uh, it's got like uh, um, sitcom tropes from oh, different decades. Excellent. Yep. So the first episode is in the 50s, the mm-hmm. second e- episode in the 60s and the 70s and, and they've really captured the feel of excellent. the sitcoms from those eras. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, right up to like the, the last episode was uh, based on kind of like modern family kind of, you know, TV show, the yep. Breaking the Fourth Wall kind ah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely sensational. Like if you've ever watched a, a sitcom, you, you kind of will get all these references. Excellent. I yeah. like the idea of that, being able to, yeah, pinpoint references, you know, in something else. Mm. So, yeah, no, I really like that. Excellent. Uh, have we heard a lot about Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead movie to uh, arrive uh, May 21st? Really? Yeah. yeah. So this one uh, is is... You can probably gather it's about zombies mm-hmm. uh, in Las Vegas and I think there's uh, a team of uh, people who uh, go to fight them. So Dave Batista's in this film, which is quite exciting, but you've also got uh, uh, Omari Hardwick, you've got Theo Rossi, Garrett Dillahunt, uh, and Tig Notaro is in this film, uh, which is fantastic. I think she replaced uh, somebody else who was... Uh, potentially being looked out for kind of sexual misconduct. Ah. So, yeah, she replaced that person. So I think this film was actually set to be released a lot earlier and then that kind of halted because they had to refilm some bits. So. But I, I like the idea of uh, another zombie film. This one looks quite interesting. It looks like it's a comedy. Uh, and I know we've had these before. We've had Shaun of the Dead. You know, we've had other films. But I don't think you could ever get – I don't think you can ever have too many comedy Zombie films. I, I think uh, rom uh, comedies are good. Mm. I mean, obviously, Shaun of the Dead was a, a rom zom com. Exactly. Uh, but I, I think you know they, we, we need more of those. I mean, there's Zombie Land as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, which is very good. Uh, and Zombie Land Double Tap uh, mm-hmm. equally as good. Which I think is better than the first. Mm. Oh, actually, I just I was being I just remember something as well because uh, uh, 
Disney Plus uh, star uh, that launched this week. So there's a lot more on Disney Plus now. So if you're one of the people who are complaining there's not much there to see, particularly for an adult, mm-hmm. there's a heap of stuff now on Disney Plus. Um, and uh, my mate Nick uh, told me that uh, Idiocracy, which we've discussed a lot, but I've never been able to see it because uh, I just you know, couldn't find a DVD or Blu-ray of it, is apparently on Star. So I can check that out now. Excellent. I love streaming. Sometimes you can just go on and go, oh, I want to see this film and type it in and it's there, (laughs) which is is amazing. So so your star uh, comes under the umbrella of Disney, so you don't have to get a second nope, subscription nope, it's nope, just nope. the same subscription you've got, you've got uh you know if you've got disney plus you've got uh, star excellent uh, it's just that star um has more of the you know content that wouldn't necessarily be disney so, yeah sure uh, so more adult kind of stuff on there uh and we found a, a great tv show called dollface yeah um which is a, a cat dennings uh, tv show uh, and we love cat dennings like when she turned up in one division we're, we're like yeah cat dennings awesome Woo! <laughs> and she plays darcy lewis and that's awesome uh, in in one division. But uh, we saw that she had a show on on uh, Star. And we're like, oh, awesome! Let's watch this. And it was really cool. Um, it's about you know some people they get into a relationship with a person and then they kind of like lose themselves in that person. Yeah. And they just like they do what they the person likes and they kind of lose contact with their friends mm. and then at some point they break up and then you've got to reestablish those relationships with your friends that you've you know kind of you know given the the cold shoulder to for the last five years. Um, so that's what this is about. So she just all of a sudden gets dumped by this this boyfriend who's like, you know, I don't love you anymore. Uh. And uh, and they're living together in a, in a house and he's yeah. kind of like, I'll go live with my sisters and you can find your own place. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's really you know, heart-wrenching but it's done done so well because I think anyone who's been through a breakup can kind of relate to, uh, you know, this, this film, the, the TV show. Mm. But it's also, uh, it's got this really um, weird twisted bit to it as well like this uh woman with a cat head uh turns up in every episode in some way shape or form wait when you said that off air so she i envisioned her carrying a cat head no, but no, now no. i think you mean she's got a cat's There's, head yes the woman it's a woman's body and a cat's head that is bizarre what's more bizarre a woman with a cat's head like holding one or yeah. with a cat's head i don't know but it, that is bizarre. Well, I, I think a woman holding a cat's head is uh, it was bizarre, <laughs> but also a bit serial killerish. Yeah, as well. a bit psychotic. Because that, yeah. that's what I thought you initially meant. And then when you've said it the second time, I've gone, wait a minute. He said a cat's head, a woman with a cat's head. So yeah. he means it has a cat's head. Yeah. And not one of those puppet like cat's heads, an actual it's- feline anatomy-based cat head. Yes, yeah. Nice. So it's not like uh, if you've ever watched Doctor Who, there's this world he goes to and the nuns or the, the nurses there are cats and they've got like – but it's all prosthetics and stuff like that. Where as this – in this one, it actually has CGI cat's head. I'm thinking Mars Attack. You know when – the person has the body and there's a little chihuahua head on top. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm envisioning, but with a cat. But it's not a, it's not a cat size head. The, right. The head is okay. quite big, but it's a cat. Okay. Head. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is real or if it's in her mind. <laughs> I reckon it might be in her mind. <laughs> I think so. But um, no, I've just checked out the cast, though. There's, there's a heap of um, people in this that people will recognise. You've got Shay Mitchell, Brenda Song. You've got uh, Marlon Ackerman. So, yeah, it looks like a great show. Yeah. Started in 2019, according to uh, IMDb. But uh, only one season. Yeah, but it's it's been good so far. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, and on uh, ABC as well, the second season of Staged uh, uh-huh. is now out. Um, so I don't know if you caught up with that, where it was um, Michael Sheen and uh, David Tennant uh, it, during lockdown. The first the conceit of the first one mm. was that they uh, were doing a play and they decided to keep on rehearsing the play uh, while they're in lockdown. And that goes very badly. Yeah. Uh, the second one is that the the first season of Stage was so successful that they want to do an American remake uh, of uh, Stage, but they don't want to cast Michael Sheen and David Tennant because they're not famous enough in America. Oh. So they're going to try to uh, to um, cast uh, more well known British actors. Uh, and in one one of the episodes, uh, they're looking at casting Simon Pegg and Nick uh, Frost. Uh, and um, 
they 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 have um, Michael Sheen and David Tennant uh, giving them like advice on how to play them. Oh <laughs> it's, wow! It, it's really it's really good, but because it's it's funny because the the, um, the the it starts off with them going like yeah the first show was uh, you know a story that was kind of made up and blah blah blah, uh, and then yeah it's just very clever fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. awesome way of making a TV show in lockdown. Yeah, I've been meaning to get around to this. There's just so much content out there mm. that it's just so difficult. I find myself re-watching kind of old favourites and not kind of moving into new territory. But also there's that dilemma of just having too many streaming services. But uh, yes. yeah, but I definitely have a, a good list of things I need to, to check out, which is fantastic. Mm. So and, and, and slowly cinemas are picking up a little bit, which is uh, uh, fantastic. So I think, you know, you've got... Um, You've got the French Film Festival, which will be returning to the Palace and Lunar Cinemas if you're in Perth. Uh, but I also believe it's showing around the, the country as well. And it's the 32nd uh, incarnation mm. of this festival, which is fantastic. And that's for the 10th of March to the 7th of April. Excellent. Plenty uh, of time. Yeah. It's, uh, I actually went to the um, uh, the opening the other day. Oh, brilliant. And it was... Um, yeah, it was really, really good. And the, the, the previews, there were some uh, really uh, awesome films that were, that were previewing there. So if you're a fan of French film, I would definitely recommend either going to the uh, the website and checking it out uh, or uh, picking up one of these little, little guide things that I've got, got here. So Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you'll be uh, reviewing that film uh, closer to the to the release of the or the start of the festival. I I will yes yeah it was actually a, the film was um, called the uh, the Godmother I think it was the, the title of it well not the French title obviously but uh, <laughs> um, but it was a story about a uh, a lady who was an interpreter uh, for the police and she's got her mum uh, in care and it's costing her a, you know, a lot of money mm. uh, to keep her mum in care. She's got a, a couple of um, uh, daughters that she's um, uh, also you know, living with her and supporting um, and so she, her job is to translate uh, the Arabic of uh, these drug dealers oh. um, so they can like you know, find out where they are and then arrest them and all this sort of thing. Um, but through uh, circumstance, uh, she kind of uh, finds herself going from being, um, you know, working with the police to uh, catch uh, people trafficking drugs uh, to a person who's uh, trafficking drugs herself. Oh, wowza. Uh, hence the, the godmother. Uh, but, so it's kind of like a, a French version of Breaking Bad, uh, but it's uh, instead of it being somebody who's like outside of the the system she's inside the the police system so she can manipulate things a bit more interesting and so, is the french title of this film called mama weed or have i come across the incorrect film in uh, no people refer to her as mama weed right in the film. interesting um so yeah it's uh yeah i think ladroni ah ladron ladroni and it's got isabel hooper in yeah oh I will see anything with this woman in. Yeah, she was really good, really good. So yeah, it was a, a, a really great film. So I, I just like if you only see one film at the French Film Festival, check that check one. Check that out. one. Is it is it a comedy based or comedy driven film? Do no, you think or no, more of a? It's a drama. Yeah, it's a drama, but it's just a. It, it has its comedic moments. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a very uh, it's a very interesting interesting film. A different side of France that you, you don't really get yeah. to see all that much. Because I think people think of French films as being quite romantic, quite sexy. Whereas this seems to be, yeah, quite the the polar opposite there. But mm. I think you know, Breaking Bad, for example, was such a black comedy, and you know, people really loved that. So yeah, no, interesting and oh, fantastic. I'm I'm really disappointed I didn't get to see this. So it's, it's funny as well. She lives in, in an apartment block um, where most of the people there are, are Chinese. Oh, um, yeah. But you see, there's the the Chinese people there. They they speak French, and yep. uh, the Arabic people you meet speak French and you know Arabic as well. And it just it makes you feel so so dumb as a uh, a person who only speaks one language. Yeah. Like, you know, Ada here, who was on the show before us, you know, she can speak several different languages. Mm. Oh, I'm blown away. I was listening to the news earlier, and there was the incident that obviously occurred with uh, Tiger Woods having his car accident. And I think it was in relation to that. But the the sheriff who was speaking was speaking about the incident. 
and he was speaking just in English and then two minutes later he's turning around and repeating it all in Spanish, wow. which I just thought was just phenomenal to be able to just do that. Mm. So, yeah, no, I'm always jealous of people who are, you know, bilingual or who can speak, you know, multiple languages. Mm. I just think it's fascinating. I've tried but I failed. Yeah. I think it, it takes a lot of work. You've got to have someone that you can converse with, that you can practice with. It's a daily daily exercise. Mm. You can't just start learning something once a week. You've got to really put a lot of effort into it, I think. Yeah, that's the thing is like you've got to be able to immerse yourself in it. Mm. So I guess if you get the opportunity to move to a country where people speak a certain language, it uh, it's, helps. <laughs> it's a good way of doing it. It's like sink or swim. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, we're so privileged that we do get to see some of these wonderful films. We get the French Film Festival. We get the Spanish mm. Film Festival. Uh, we get the German Film Festival. I mean, I could go on about the festivals <laughs> that we get, but we're, we're really lucky to get to see those films and, and immerse ourselves in the culture. And, you know, unfortunately we don't quite pick up the language uh, after seeing one film, but uh, thank goodness for subtitles because because we would miss out on these fantastic films. Yeah. So. But you do, I must admit, you do kind of start picking up on certain words and things you do. like that. So, yeah, yeah, you hear a word and you're like, oh, I know what that yeah. means. <laughs> I, I always find it funny with subtitle films where you start off uh, reading them, but then at some point you're just automatically doing it. You go, oh, I can speak French now. <laughs> <laughs> And you feel very, very fancy. Yeah. But, and I think one of the uh, film festivals we didn't quite get around to talking about, which is actually wrapped up, I'm afraid, but was the Jewish Film Festival. I think it does have two more days left of it. But um, I hadn't uh, heard much about this, unfortunately. But I, I do wish we could have spoken about that or sp- spoke about that a little bit more. Mm. But uh, maybe next year we'll get around to that uh, along with the other film fest. I'm sure I missed a few. Uh, among that, among those, but uh, oh, you've got the uh, obviously the Scandinavian yep. Film Festival, and the uh, British Film Festival, the British well. Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one I don't need subtitles for generally. Generally not, yeah. no. And then yeah, I think there's just countless others, which is fantastic. <laughs> so um, yeah, really, really good. So I think over the next few months we've got some films coming out. I'm excited. Like we said earlier, The Father with Anthony Hopkins looks like a great film to see. There's the French Exit with uh, starring Lucas Hedges, who I'm like, give this man an Oscar already. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he will get picked up for an Oscar this year. Who knows? Because uh, they'll be coming up soon. Uh, but I suppose we'll have a bit to report next week following the Golden Globes. Yeah. So that will be interesting. And, uh, yeah, we obviously have our other shows that we do. That was a very weird way of phrasing that, wasn't <laughs> it? We have our other shows that we do. Uh, we do several other podcasts, mm. uh, which we're really lucky to do. We've got Tangent City. And I can't recall the recent episode. Um, yeah, we spoke about stuff. And we things. did. We speak about lots of different mm. things. We start with a pop culture reference of some sort. I don't know. It was, we did one on uh, time travel films. We did. And road, and road trip films. films. Yeah. So if you would like to find out a little bit more about our list of favourite road trip films uh, and our favourite time travel films, uh, that was inspired a little bit by that uh, recent Australian film, Long Story Short. Mm. Uh, so if you want to check out what we what, what we liked, uh, head over to the Gentleman of Pop culture and that is Tangent City. Uh, you've also got Diz Down Under and you guys have geared up for, I don't know, how many episodes you've done now? Uh, 216 or something like Impressive. that. Impressive. Mm. And you guys are really the kind of only Disney-based uh, podcast in Australia. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Which so is I think others... others Try and just you don't have longevity. Yes, that's we, it. We 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 got longevity every week. It's kind of like right, it's podcast. podcast. Let's do this. Uh, so much to talk about though. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Wozcast, uh, which is all about uh, whiskey and uh, other fine alcohols. Yeah, it's kind of in a hiatus at the moment, and it's not dead yet. It's in a hiatus um, just because yeah. they haven't filmed, uh, recorded anything. But um, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I think it's hard to enjoy alcohol because usually Cat will get together with someone mm, and enjoy mm. some alcohol, and I think that you know COVID has thrown a bit of a spanner into that. Um, people's lives. So that is officially us for another week. Uh, please do join us on Facebook, Instagram and tune in next week as always. But it's uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next, next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.